When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, this is the most fun that I have had um, recording an episode probably in the history of this show. You've got the fancy mic in front of you wherever you are. Um, whether it's working is highly questionable yeah it's um, not actually highly questionable it's not on it's just in front of me (laughs) I'm very excited to to do this episode spoiler alert the Yankees won game five whoa whoa Whoa. I really hope you're not finding out the news from this show or else you're in big trouble um you will be very lost a lot of times watching this if you are just getting your baseball news from here the yankees win game five i'm rocking the joe dimaggio jersey right now um yeah i mean doing really good there's not much more that i could really ask um out of today but still other baseball topics to talk about um doing good right now lj how are you I'm doing well, old sport. Um, let's just ho- hop on into this. Start with the first um, talking point of the day, and that is the pitching. We have in this game five, winner take all, Aaron Savali versus Nestor Cortez. This game, of course, gets delayed from yesterday. 
Nestor Cortez would not have been available to pitch previously. Aaron Savali was already the previously decided pitcher in this case. Aaron Savali gets the start. He goes. Wait, LJ, one second. Can I get your thoughts on the delay yesterday? I mean, I'd rather them play quality baseball than not play or than, than to watch something of poor quality. Like, I'd rather wait the day, have this interest. Because also, you know, as much as we talk about it's fun and it's majestic seeing almost seeing the these guys have to fight and crawl claw and gut it out through a postseason and see all these pitchers gutted out on short rest and all of this terrific feats with that being said it doesn't um it doesn't lend itself to the best possible baseball so i'll welcome this just because it gives us the best possible baseball but i would have been very happy either way yeah i think as a fan and at least of the Yankees beat writers that I follow, the Yankees just not giving any updates as to what was going on. I feel so bad for the fans that were there at the stadium, spending money at the concession stand, buying drinks, buying food, whatever they were doing, to only, you know, two and a half hours later, the Yankees to go, no, you know, we're actually not playing. Um, it's baseball. I get it happens. To the fans saying that every team needs a retractable roof, you, you're you're I, insane. Like what about, I the, what about the pundits saying every team needs a retractable roof? Uh, I I understand I understand like the concern, but baseball has been a sport that's playing that's been played outdoors since the mid 1800s. Rain is just a thing that happens. So what? That's what every sport does, and every sport grows and develops. So you're acting like football hasn't had that same thing, where they've not every team has a retractable roof in football. No, but I just don't see a reason for every team not to. Why would you build a new stadium money. without a roof? It costs money. But you know what? Also costs money, having to put on multiple extra days. You probably have to. The Yankees made money because of this. Come on now. They made money opening the stadium last night and opening it today. Let's be honest. But eventually you're not going to is the thing, too. You know, I think it's also the reliability of having a a roof lends itself to getting people in the stands. You know, the Yankees are never going to see an issue with this because it's the Yankees. But, you know, Pittsburgh, why would you go go to a Pirates game if you're not 100% sure it's going to happen? Why would you pay for your ticket? But also, I get that, but you think about these cheap owners. The pot, or excuse me, the the A's, they can't even, for God's sakes, get their owner to finance a new stadium, and now you want them to spend even extra to get a retractable roof? Well, that's a different, that's a different conversation here, because you're acting like this is this, you're acting like you are, you are basically saying that are these this retractable roof conversation needs to exist in this vacuum of the status quo when in reality this is one of the many things that has to change in baseball another thing has to be you know the league in the good owners in the league the owners that want profitable business good business good product need to eventually step up and keep the league healthy that's important imperative 
And so you look at it from that perspective, really there's a lot of owners in this league that should be encouraged. If not, you know, obviously there's very few that are putting their team into financial ruin to the point where they should be required to sell, but they should be heavily encouraged to sell, given them the, give them the push to sell their teams to keep for the health of the league. You know, that's why everyone's like the MLB needs to expand. I've heard that take come up a couple of times in the last week or so. And that is not an option until the Rays get out of St. Pete and the A's get fixed. The A's need to get fixed, not not necessarily ownership, not necessarily stadium. They just need to be fixed in general. The whole thing needs to be corre- corrected, the process. You can't do that until you have a fully healthy league. And the rest of the league, that's on them for not having a healthy operation. But for mm-hmm. most quality owners, I don't see a reason. Outside of the big ones, you know. Out, well, all right. There's there's a finite amount of places I'm going to say keep it. You Camden, want Fenway to get a retractable roof. Listen to my list. Camden, Fenway, Wrigley, Dodger Stadium, and uh, what is it? Where are we tonight? I'm blanking on this name. It's terrible. Padres. Petco Park. Petco, thank you. I will say Globe Life. I'm like, that's not it. Um, very interesting that you leave the Yankees off that list, despite having like the new one of the newest stadiums in the league. And Sydney. That's that's the ones I'm saying are never going to get one, because there is a world down the line where the Yankees do put up Yankee Stadium the third. You know that that is definitively going to happen. It is 50, 60 years, sure. Yeah, but but by the by the very fact that you were willing to get rid of the original Yankee Stadium proves that you will do it again. Fair. What Fair. I the list I left there were the legacy parks and the two in SoCal because that area is never going to see rain again. So that's not an issue. Those are the only two that I think should ha- be in that situation. Also, the fact that my, the Miami Marlins put together a stadium back, what was that, 2012? Something like that. And didn't put a roof in Florida. That's us. But and then, they, and then they eventually did get their retractable roof. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I just think it's it's too smart an idea. It's too comfortable an idea from a fan service standpoint. You know, you're just gonna get, it's a customer satisfaction thing that couldn't possibly, in the grand scheme of building a baseball stadium, could not be that much of a difference. Like you're not telling me that's fifty percent of the budget. Well, LJ, I'll take over where you left off. We had Aaron Savali versus Nestor Cortez today in a winner-take-all game five. Aaron Savali makes it one out into the game. Giancarlo Stanton, who has now officially reached the Yankees' pantheon of postseason performers, and I am you know, th- there's just no doubt that he's in that. 11 home runs and 21 postseason games for us. Goes yard in the first inning. Gives us a 3 nothing lead. Aaron Judge goes yard in the second inning. Gives us a 4 to nothing lead. Cortez is able to cruise through five innings with one earned run. From there on, only three hits allowed. Um, two to Stephen Kwan, I believe. Um, and then after that, 
this bullpen really steps up. Loisega, two strong innings. Holmes, an inning. Wandy Peralta gets the ninth inning done. Yankees win five to one. Um, and you know, the 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 big conversation is gonna be why did the Guardians not throw Shane Bieber in this game? Um, like LJ and I were talking beforehand, the easy take and the take that everyone's gonna go to is why wasn't he starting? I don't know what other take to go to. LJ clearly has something up his sleeve here. Um, all my friends and I, before I let you uh, give your take, LJ, sorry, but all my friends and I yesterday, when the game was rained out, were saying, okay, so Shane Bieber is starting versus Esther Cortez now. That was the thought from people that follow the team very closely and watch a lot of the games and are very in tune with the league was that Shane Bieber is throwing this game. And I understand that, yes, because the MLB can't figure out how to schedule postseason series and because of the lockout, we're in this situation where you have to play on back-to-back days. And in, and in the case of this, it would be back-to-back-to-back-to-back days. Now the Yankees have to play three days in a row in the ALCS. But you cannot tell me that throwing Shane Bieber – Instead of Aaron Savali, who the Yankees have lit, who the Yankees lit up earlier in the season, has he's had a terrible, terrible track record versus the Yankees. He's been on the injured list three separate times during the 2022 season. Didn't even throw a hundred innings during the 2022 season. You cannot tell me that not throwing Shane Bieber was a good idea. And I don't care if he didn't start, but just at some point. Whether he was the second pitcher in this game. And I understand, yeah, you were down 3-0. So it didn't make a ton of sense. I just don't get it. It feels so much like an Aaron Boone type move. Waiting till the next day. Wanting to save him. The Guardians pitching staff is so much better than what the Yankees have to offer right now. That I can't see really a reason why you feel so strongly against using Shane Bieber. Maybe LJ has something that's going to shut me up here, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Me and my one Yankees friend were saying like, oh, Aaron Savali's pitching. We are winning today. That was as soon as we saw that during our finance class today, that was the first thing we said to each other. We are winning today based on the pitching matchup. We just knew that we've dominated Savali earlier in the year that Nestor Cortez has been as good as he has and that he was going to show up and that not them not choosing not to throw Shane Bieber at the start was an almost, I don't want to say certain loss for the Guardians, but it increased our confidence by about 30%. All right. So here's where I am on this subject. I don't want to move away from the take of why didn't he start because that's really the only conversation point there is, or there's, it's one of the three conversation points I have for this game. What I don't want to hear is the Terry Francona is an idiot. Terry Francona overthought this. I don't want to jump to that because frankly, he deserves more respect. When we look at the track record of management, when we look at even just, the impact that he has had on win-loss records alone in the last two years. 
I give him more respect than jumping to that conclusion. My question is, why? Why didn't he start? Because I have a feeling there had to be a good reason, and there had to be a reason that was much better than we didn't want to use him on short rest, because that is a terrible reason for game five. We've said it before, you know, elimination games should be all almost all hands on deck. Game fives, series enders, should be all game hands on deck. And it's the same reason that I don't question. If I'm operating under this logic, I also can't say that he should have come in on relief because the conclusion I have to come to is that he was not capable of pitching this game. You know, and really, if you're Terry Francona, what do you, you can't do that to him either. If he comes to you and says, I'm, I'm not ready. Like, if he isn't feeling good, if his arm is giving him trouble or something of those lines, you can't put him out there in good conscience because first off, you know you're going to lose because he's not going to be at nearly the top of his game and he won't be able to go deep. And two, you lose his confidence and his trust because you just put him out there after he was open and honest with you. If that were the case, if he didn't say that and he went in and you saw him and you decided he wasn't ready, then you still can't play this seems like it has to be more of a health thing than just a choice of rest. Because we've seen plenty of other situations where the Guardians have foregone rest, where they have, you know, they've skipped steps in the past. They've been aggressive with guys bringing Class A in for the three inning outing in this inning, this series alone tells you that he's not obsessed with the rest. So. I can't get to that conclusion. He must not have been capable of going today. And that happens. But he was warming Health up. Exists. He was warming up at one point during the game. I'm I, I really don't know what else to tell you, Brandon. Because it just seems so wild for him to overthink it like that. Right? Am I wrong on that? The only thing that I can think of is that he wanted to save him for tomorrow. Because you realize you have to face Justin Verlander tomorrow. Well, but but isn't the meta to pitch pitch your worst pitcher against the best? No, I know. I know. And that's what the Yankees are doing. We're throwing Jameson Tyone like tomorrow. I don't know, LJ. I guess that that's the best take that that you could give at this moment, but I just... Both are valid. I just find the... He wanted him rested, wanted to save him take just feels so much less plausible. Well, um, Aaron Judge now has the most home runs in elimination games or in winner goes home games. Sorry, not winner goes home, loser goes home games. Winner take all. That's what I wanted to say. I'll say winner does not go home. Winner goes to Houston. Winner. He also is tied for the most runs, home runs in winner goes to Houston games ever. And Winner-take-all games, Aaron Judge now has the most amount of home runs in MLB history, so Bob Costas can stop with the Aaron Judge doesn't perform in the playoffs. 
Yankee fans get an absolute break by not having to have a broadcast team against them for another series. For Bob Costas being a Yankees fan growing up and 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 Mickey Mantle being his favorite player, this was painful, LJ. I mean, it wasn't even me, and it's usually me that's overreacting. It was someone else in our fantasy football group chat saying Bob Costas is giving uh the 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 Guardians every benefit of the doubt in this game. And as a Syracuse student, as someone who saw Mike Tarico on our campus the other day, as someone who more than appreciates all the alumni that has gone through Syracuse, whether it's Jeff Passan or Scott Hansen or Mike Tarico or Bob Costas or pretty much any notable sports broadcaster that you can think of, I I am happy that I don't have Bob Costas calling any more of my team series. It's just at some point after you actually are watching and listening to closely five games of an of a broadcast crew, especially Ron Darling. Like if anyone's gonna hate on the Yankees, it's gonna be the Mets color commentator, the guy that pitched for the Mets in game seven of the World Series, in which they one in 1986 so anyone's gonna hate on them it's gonna be him but for Casas, just be able to like jump in and say stuff like that i don't know lj and i don't want to make this a big talking point on the show but i just want to say like if you really think that costas wasn't being biased towards the guardians i think you're in the minority i think it very often in you know the sports broadcasting world as well as the sports journalism world it can be very hard to not get cynical very quickly and it can be very hard to be truly unbiased. And I think that might be part of what you see there is him going a little too far, working a little too hard at that. And also, you know, I wouldn't be surprised here isn't a guy who's watched, he's frankly watched the Yankees struggle for longer than Brandon has to be absolutely the team that because because the majority of those years brandon you weren't cognizant of a lot of the time in between you know i I totally and this is the same man that said that we didn't win the world series in 2009 when he was literally like there like and then he had to correct himself the next inning which like i'm glad he corrected himself but like that was that that's what really got to me yeah, but and so what I guess and I'm getting Yankee at here is writer, to be fair, it was the Yankees' top beat writer Brian Hope that said, "Did Costas really just say that we didn't win in 2009?" And then he linked his book that he wrote about that season, which was fun. But like, still. yeah, it's just, I guess my thing is, you know, we've seen you get so cynical—not cynical, but frustrated—and rip them time and time again i think he might he could easily be a step farther than that i think the bigger thing that we need to discuss is what i've heard not just from you know you and all of them frankly i find him to be a very benign presence in the booth for a name like bob costas i should remember his calls more like i have his voice inside my head but i can't remember any memorable 
calls. I can't remember ever saying, oh boy, or oh no, Mike Co- Bob Costas is in. Yeah. Do you want to know why, LJ? Because he never lets the game breathe because he always is talking. He's never, he never stops talking. Yeah. So it's just, you get there and I actually lost my point. Um, I'm terribly sorry. Um, no, I'm sorry. I interrupted. What was I just saying? I'm signing like Bob Costas, interrupting it. Oh, jeez. Bob Costas. For someone as, you know, good as him to make his benign points. You're saying oh, something. yeah. I've always found him to be a, a benign presence. Like, this isn't like, you know, anyone who knows me knows I adored, adore, adore Joe Tessator. I remember him coming up. There's plenty of guys that you remember. So I didn't even pay attention to him throughout this entire series. You couldn't tell me one thing he said. And I watched, I didn't get to see a ton of tonight today's game, but I watched the majority of each of the other games. I don't remember a darn thing he's ever said. However, I've seen all the reports. And another thing that you haven't talked about that I've seen from a lot of people is constant antiquated baseball anecdotes. That's not how you get people into this game. I think, you know, he needs people to really need to think about, focus on, emphasize the fact that this game still is trying to grow, still has to grow, still has to bring in new fans. And referencing 70s baseball in the middle of your playoff games is not usually the way to go. And that's kind of the vibe I'd heard that it took on these games took on at points. Is that fair? Yeah. That can't happen. And that's another thing he needs to clean up on. I, I could care less. I care much less about him being biased towards one team or another at times throughout the throughout the games. But you have to make it entertaining in quality content. And that's quality content to very few. LJ, I'll have you know that the Phillies have scored once again. Um, this time... Thanks to a Kyle Schwarber home run. Philly, Philly. Kyle Schwarber finally producing. We love it. We and like I want to say that this one was an absolute nuke. I saw 480. I Yeah, 488 feet. Yeah, this is Kyle Schwarber. This is Kyle from Waltham's game. Um, I miss Kyle from Waltham. Oh, my God. Elf. Yeah. 119 exit velocity i'm seeing um that's that's like stantonian levels of power right there um going out of the park and we just needed to emphasize real quick and this probably will be the only thing we get to from padres phillies today oh i'll find a jump right to them honestly actually no i want to just focus on the angst tonight if that's okay with you we've run pretty long already and if we record midday, that gives us something to talk about tomorrow. Um, this is all I'll say. This has been Kyle Schwerber's game. This has been Kyle from Waltham's game so far. He starts off with a walk. That was the only base runner allowed by you, Darvish, one time through the order. He then follows that up in the top of the third inning with a ball that was absolutely blistered on the ground through the shift. Hit the ball on the ground through the shift. That's not that easy, um, and especially where he did it. Terrific bat-to-ball skill, terrific, terrific placement. And then to get this on his third at-bat, after doing nothing in those first two series, 
he stepped up in a big way for this CS, and I love to see it. But let's go back and jump to another guy that's played well in this postseason because you you talk about Judge, you wanted to hype up Judge. Why aren't we hyping up Mike Stanton? Because this is another oh, I'm hyping up Mike Stanton. This is uh, another I'm home hyping. run. This is another hit in the postseason. I could care less about batting average in the postseason. He's in the pantheon, LJ. It's what I said. He's in the Yankees pantheon now. Okay, Yankees pantheon. There we go. I'm not ready to put him in the sports pantheon. Like, you know. No, I get it. It, it. He hasn't given us that, and he hasn't given us that in a while. Maybe that's just me forgetting. But this is a le- this is continual legendary performances from this guy in the postseason where he just continues to find ways to produce. And I have no doubt that he's going to impact. He, you will not go through the CS without at least one or two impact moments from Mike Stanton. And that's not that easy. Or I should say having zero impact moments in a four or five game series isn't that uncommon. So... You know, either way, I'm saying he is going to be good. I know that for a fact. It's just you don't even, like, stress about it when he comes to the plate anymore. He came to the plate in that third inning – or, in, sorry, in the first inning tonight. And I was like, okay, like, expecting a good at-bat here. The home run happens. Am I excited? Am I yelling? Sure. Am I that surprised by it? Not at all. Not really. It's just he is so, so good in the playoffs. And you're talking since 2020, he's played 12 or sorry, 13 games now with the Yankees. Nine home runs in the last 13 playoff games. It almost makes you wish that he'd gotten to go into Miami again. What could have happened if that Miami team had actually taken that next step? Because this is a guy who, you know, you're, you're picking since 2020, which I'm not trying to blame you for cherry picking. Cause that's really when he heated up, heated up, but he was also excellent before then. Yeah. That needs to be very fair. Let's say guy who's was bad. 22 game postseason games in his career, 10 home runs, 20 RBIs, in a 1.016 OPS. Prior to this game. Uh, Yes, prior to this game. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And Brilliant. I- I'm tired. Now we can officially put to bed the Stanton, you know, can't handle the New York pressure. The fact that, that was still a conversation is just ridiculous. Um, He got hot at the right time once again this year. Um, I mean, the wild card game last year, he had three hits, one home run. One of them should have been a home run. Um, and you're talking about a career postseason slash line of 263, 340, 688 for a one dot OPS in, a, in 11 homers in 23 games. Um, just insane numbers. Just, you know, you can't even I, – I can't even say much, like, to what he's been doing. The fact that he steps up in the clutch in the postseason so much is 
it feels so good as a fan to just know that we're going to have a guy that is really going to go out there and regardless of what happens in the actual game, whether or not we win or not, because we lost the other day when he homered, right? We lost. He His two runs were the only runs that we scored on his two-run home run. It was still like, okay, Giancarlo's here. And that's not surprising. All right, well, to wrap things up, let's talk about the final talking point in the final victory of the Yankees game today. Brandon, we have to talk about Aaron Hicks. We do have to talk about Aaron Hicks. What went on? He gets hurt on a fly ball um, in today's game. I want to say it was the what inning was it that he got replaced? Fourth inning? Was it the fourth inning? Third inning? Third inning. Inning three. Aaron Hicks gets replaced. He collides with Oswaldo Cabrera. Honestly, a freak play. There's no one to to, to blame. I've watched the replay several times. The more times I watch it, the more times it just turns into a – it just looks like a freak accident to me. Oswaldo Cabrera's calling the ball as he's going out. Aaron Hicks is calling the ball as he's running in. Josh Donaldson's tailing off towards the sideline. Or not sideline. You I've watched too much NBA tonight already. Um, it's enough for this season. Um, I was like, why are you watching before the last four minutes of a playoff game? That's the uh, only things that matter. There was about a five-minute window between the Yankees and – or between me done celebrating the Yankees game – and the Padres game starting where I had nothing else to watch with my friends except for the NBA and they wanted to have it on. So we turned it on to watch James Harden shoot like eight free throws in the first quarter. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, this is the NBA. Like there are a total of, there are a maximum of 450 consequential minutes in an NBA season. Oh, I get it. Um, on that. Um, Regardless, though, Hicks makes a, you know, like I said, he's running out or he's running in as Waldo's running out. No, he ran. I, mean, I shouldn't be he making tried, He was trying on this one. He was trying on this one. I, I have to say game five is, I think, something clicked in his head in the field at least. He was like, hey, I'm a major leaguer. I should probably. Uh... I'm getting paid $10 million a year. Like, I should I should do something. Um, They bang knees. They're both a little shaken up. Aaron Hicks gets hurt. The Yankees um, put in Marlon Gonzalez to replace him. Um, he's out for the rest of the playoffs. That is Aaron Hicks. Ben Intendi will not be good for the ALCS from what I've seen. The rehab that he's had on his wrist has gotten worse. I don't, I'm not sure how or what exactly happened. Um, I saw something. He got another shot in his wrist or something, um, which set him back. Okay, um, that's fine. Um, no, Honestly, which means hopefully because there's no Aaron Hicks and we're going to be replacing um, both 
Miguel Castro and Lucas Lickie, who did not pitch, or and if a Lickie pitched, it was only in one game, but Castro didn't pitch in a single inning in this series. They'll be replaced by Frankie Montas and Ron Marinaccio. I would have to assume that they're going to put Oswald Peraza as the replacement for Aaron Hicks or DJ LeMahieu, probably DJ. Um, but who knows if he's healthy. We'll find out tomorrow by 10 a.m. when the roster deadline is. Um, but hope he's get. you know, I wouldn't, I never, ever wish injury on anybody, of course. Um, it's obviously been a rough two seasons for Aaron Hicks the last two years, whether it was 2021, where the injuries were really bothering him and he only played 30 games. And in those games, it was really bad. Or this year where he played a lot of games and, you know, just could not be as productive as we wanted him to be or as he's being paid for. Still has us had a spot on this team. Every team has a weak spot. He was unfortunately one of the weak spots for us this year. Him getting hurt definitely does suck. Um, I mean, he is a weak spot, and that means that some weaker player in the mind of the Yankees will have to come in to replace him. However, injuries do happen. We should be getting DJ back tomorrow, which might be a little addition by subtraction. And we can only hope that when the playoff roster comes out tomorrow that we make some of the right decisions. And if somehow DJ is not healthy, then I would it has to be Oswald Peraza because there's literally no one else to, to pick unless they unless they keep an extra pitcher on the roster, despite them not using two of the pitchers that they already had on the roster. To well, it is two extra games. It is, but there were still two pitchers that didn't even see the mound in this series. So I don't see the reason. I mean, Castro and Herman didn't even pitch in the series, LJ. They didn't see the mound once. Okay, so here's where I'm at. And again, obviously, you know, I say a lot of things in jest, but as far as the Yankees are concerned, just from a purely Yankee standpoint, not an Aaron Hicks standpoint, kind of almost feels like, you know, for their chances to win, this is one of the more positive things that could happen from a percentage standpoint. Obviously, again, you don't want to see a guy get hurt, but this forces their hand into making the plays that I think can win them the series or give them a shot to win the series. And that is throwing out the defensive focus and just playing the best lineup because like it or not, you're going to have to put out your best line, your best offensive lineup. If you're going to have any hope against the majority of the pitching that Houston's going to put out there. And then you also still have to outscore them. That was just a score that you also have to outscore this team as well. So you're in for an app, a lot of trouble in this series. You need your offensive maximum lineup out there. And I understand defense wins championships and that someone's going to say here, LJ, you're absolutely backwards, especially seeing, you know, one of the biggest plays to happen at Minute Maid Park in the last several years was a defensive play in an ALCS from left field, no less. I still stand by the fact that 
they have a better chance to win here if pending them making the correct move if they get Stanton or Carpenter into left field. Yeah. Because the only way that they win this series, I'm firm on this, is if both of them are in the lineup. You need both of them in the lineup. You need Matt Carpenter and Stanton in the lineup all the way through, which means somebody has to play left field. So that's why I don't care who you put on this roster as that extra position player. I'd encourage the pitcher because if you put the pitcher in there, that then further forces your hand into playing one of those guys. Granted, you started Marwin, you put Marwin Gonzalez in over a Matt Carpenter tonight, but that's the way you're going to win. And this kind of forced their hand towards making the correct decision, even if they weren't willing to make it themselves. The ideal situation, of course, would have been pull Hicks for Carpenter and then use Hicks as a defensive replacement. But obviously we can't get what we want. And I'm as I talk, I feel less and less confident that I'll get what I want from the Yankees for tomorrow's game. Well, LJ, we will talk tomorrow unless you have anything else tonight we'll talk tomorrow thanks for listening check us out instagram twitter tiktok at mlb daily pod lj and i will talk tomorrow afternoon before game one of the alcs we'll recap game one of the nlcs and we'll see you see you manana Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 